Hi, I'm working for a half-giant bearded man to pay for magician school. Case. And I'm here to make music video history. Asta. Josh. I hate that. Um, well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, we're glad that you guys are here. We are glad to be back. We have missed this very, very much. Uh, as I'm sure you can tell, things are still kind of crazy, as me and Case are not together. And since we're not together, Case can't stop me from saying creepy things like, We're separated by the distance of love. And he's going to have to deal with that. But we are glad that you guys are back. Uh, we're excited for this new project that we're doing, uh, Theme Park History 101. We're going to be taking this season and we're going to be going through the history of all kinds of stuff, whether it be uh, Disney, Universal, maybe uh, SeaWorld, Busch Gardens, uh, Six Flags, King's Dominion, Six Flags Over Canada... The Central Florida Orlando Strawberry Festival. They have like a Ferris wheel, I think. I don't know. Anyway, it's going to be a good time. We're going to be going through some stuff from the past, catching you guys up to now. Hopefully you guys will learn a thing or two. Um, we have a lot of random history and facts bouncing around our heads, I can assure you. But we're very excited to be here. And today we have a little bit of a mini-sode for you. So that's why we've gathered you all here. Go ahead and take your seats and get ready for Mouse and Globe University orientation. And with that, I'm going to send you over to Case, who's going to give you a quick little overview of a little attraction you may have heard of. So I'm just going to give a quick little uh, overview of a little attraction you might have heard of called uh, Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure, which I happen to know a lot of things about. But we're also going to talk about the two rides that were there before it. Technically one ride, but like kind of two rides. Or I guess one ride, but technically two rides. I don't know. I just work here. Oh, I can make that joke. That's fun. So <clears throat> the site of land that Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure, trademark, J.K. Rowling, Warner Brothers, whoever owns it. I don't know who owns it anymore. Uh, before Hagrid, there was a pretty impressive roller coaster called Dueling Dragons that opened the park at Island's Adventure. And it was a B&M inverted coaster, but there were two of them, and the two tracks were intertwined, and they had a lot of shared elements where, like, the two trains would, like, they would dispatch them at the same time, and then they would come close together. And a couple of points during the ride, there were three different intersections, um, where I think you came within, like, ten feet of the other trains. Um, but the story of that one was there were these two dragons terrorizing the town of Merlinwood, which was the area of Lost Continent that the ride was housed in. Um, and Merlin was kind of like trying to keep them in check. Uh, and he was just kind of sending you to like go see them. And then you were riding one of the two dragons and you would choose your fate. And you would just go on the ride, and it was really cool. And the queue was really neat because you would go through, like, victims of Pyrock and Blizzrock, which were the names of the two dragons. They were One was fire-based, one was ice-based. Um, so, like, the first room of the queue was, um, once you were inside, was, like, Merlin's book up on a pedestal. And then there was, like, a stained-glass window projection that would, like, animate and move, and it was really cool, and it was, like, telling the story of these two dragons. And then you would get to this super charred-out room that was obviously, like, Pyrox's domain. Um, there was just, like, burns everywhere, and it kind of smelled like smoke, I think. 
And then the next room had all these like frozen knights and horses and stuff like that. And that was clearly Blizzrock's domain. So you would move through, and then there were just like skeletons and all the dungeons and stuff. And then you would finally get to the sign that said, choose thy fate, and you would choose fire or ice. Uh, and you would go on the ride. So the blue track was the ice track, uh, Blizzrock's track, later the Hungarian Horntail, but we'll get there. Um, and it was slightly slower. I believe it was five miles an hour slower um, for top speed, but it had like two more inversions. It was more of a like tricky track, tricky track. That was fun to say. And then the fire track, Pyrock track, the red track was um, faster overall, I think for the whole ride and reached a high, slightly higher top speed. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the basis of what Dueling Dragons was. And then when that area of Lost Continent was pulled out to be replaced with Hogsmeade, they rethemed the ride to be based on the first Triwizard Challenge from Goblet of Fire, which involved stealing a golden egg from a dragon without dying, because they would just let kids die for some reason in the books, in the movies, but whatever. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm so sorry. Josh flagged this and just cut it. Or don't, and it's like a little funny gag because we can peel back the curtain, and they'll be like, "Oh my god, what's he saying?" Um. So they rethemed it to be like the actually cut here. They rethemed it to be the okay, actually cut here too. Pulling back. They rethemed Dueling Dragons to be Dragon Challenge, which was based on the first Triwizard Challenge in Goblet of Fire, which had the Triwizard Tournament participants, if that would be the right word, stealing a golden egg from a type of dragon. Um, and there were a few different kinds of dragons in the book and the movie. I can't remember all of them, but the two that they decided to pull from were the Chinese Fireball and the Hungarian Horntail. Um, so the Hungarian Horntail became the blue track, the ice track, and then the Chinese Fireball took over the red track for fire, um, and it was functionally the same ride. They just also stopped dispatching the two trains together, which was kind of sad because it meant that the ride didn't actually duel. It was just two independent coasters, and you would choose one or the other. So I do miss when they dueled. I mean, I miss the ride in general, but Hagrid is a pretty kick-ass replacement, so I'm okay with that. Um, and... It was neat with Dueling Dragons because they would actually weigh the trains and offset them on the lift hill so that they would, like, actually sync up properly at the, like, parts where the two trains would almost interact so that that way you weren't dispatching at the same time necessarily, but, like, you would have the right speed so that when you got to, like, where you would charge at each other and then do a loop at the last second and pull away, you would actually look like you were about to hit them instead of being offset. And now it's Hagrid's Magical Creatures Founded by Adventure, which is one of the absolute greatest theme park rides to have ever been created. Yes, I'm biased because I love that ride, and I got to watch it get built, which was really cool. But it's an amazing ride. It's kind of a miracle that it even works at all with all of the crazy elements that it has. It has, like, seven launches, four track switches, a continuously moving load and unload platform, two separate drop tracks that have to operate together, they can work independently, but they have to, like, one, both have to be working. 
And if one of those pieces isn't working, then the ride can't move. Like, it's just insane how cool Haggard is. And it's a worthy replacement for what was also a groundbreaking coaster when it opened, because Dueling Dragons was a huge deal. Um, they, that kind of dueling coaster had never been tried to that extent. Like, there were racing coasters, but as far as I understand, that was definitely the first dueling coaster where the two trains would go around each other and look like they were going to hit each other. It was just a very cool, unique ride. And, like, another good example of why Islands of Adventure was considered, like, the most technically advanced park in the world. That, Spider-Man, Hulk was a big deal. All of it was a big deal. You're going to learn a whole lot about Islands and Universal and Disney and all these cool technological things. And I'm going to stop nerding out. And I'll see you guys soon. Well, now that Case has had his time to shine, it is my turn to talk about two of the greatest attractions Universal Orlando has ever had. And no, I am not talking about Race Through New York starring Jimmy Fallon and Fast and Furious Supercharged, though those could be considered two of the greatest. I am, in fact, talking about Despicable Me Minion Mayhem and Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket. You know, those those rides that everyone is just busting down the gate to get to. <laughs> anyway, I have spent a fair time thinking about these. They do live inside my tortured psyche, so I figured why not tell you guys a little bit about them. And let's start with my demons, the minions. Uh, of course, Despicable Me Minion Mayhem has not always been that way. It actually has had two iterations before it was Despicable Me, and it started when the park opened back in June 7th. It opened as the Fantastic World of Hanna-Barbera. Now, even though this has been three different rides, quote-unquote, it's been the same ride system. It's basically just a 3D simulator, uh, big screen, big uh, cars that hold eight people that rock forward, backward, left, right, uh, nothing too absolutely insane, though, back in 1990, it was pretty crazy, uh, and it's just kind of stayed the same since then. It's just gotten some some cosmetic changes through the years. So when it opened as the Fantastic World of Hanna-Barbera, it started with a, a pre-show where you would go in, and Yogi Bear, of course, was asking for food, and then uh, William ha- uh, Hanna and Joseph Barbera would show up. And they would talk about how they make the cartoons, and then they would uh, draw Elroy Jetson, who would pop off the paper and uh, do his little thing and be like, hi, I'm Elroy Jetson. But then Dick Dastardly, the evil genius man, I wouldn't call him a genius, but he shows up and he kidnaps Elroy, and that's when you would go into the actual ride where you would sit in a rocket ship with Yogi Bear as your captain, which if I remember correctly, it was powered by like, it was like a slingshot where it would be a giant rubber band that would yeet the rocket. Um, and so then you're chasing after Dick Dastardly trying to get Elroy Jetson back and the slingshot flings you back in time to bedrock. So then you get to see all the Flintstones. Um, from there you go through like a black hole I believe and you go to the uh, Scooby-Doo universe and you get to see uh, a spooky house and all the Scooby-Doo characters and then of course you go back to Orbit City 
um, the, which is the Jetsons universe. And of course, at the very end, you get Elroy back. Has to have a happy ending. Imagine if it didn't. Imagine if you rode, and at the very end, it was like, oh no, Elroy, uh, no, no, I'm sorry, you don't get him back. And then the lap bar's popping to get off. That's a ride I would make. Anyway, um, so Hanna-Barbera actually lasted for uh, quite a while because it did not close until um, 2002, uh, October 20th, 2002. So it lasted for quite a while. And from there, it became the much more modern Jimmy Neutron's Nicktoon Blast, which, again, was the exact same ride, uh, simulator ride, but this time it was Jimmy Neutron and Nickelodeon themed. So this ride opened in 2003, so it only took them um, a couple of months to flip this ride because it closed, Hanna-Barbera closed in October, Jimmy Neutron opened in April, and basically it's just because they reskinned the same ride. So in this ride, you went in and Ublar, who was, of course, the uh, brother of King Gubat, who is the evil Yolkin king from the movie, uh, they are basically after Jimmy, because, of course. Um, and he steals Jimmy's rocket, the Mark IV, and so in this iteration of the ride, I should say. Uh, it actually is a little bit more self-aware, I guess, because it is taking the idea that all of these cartoon characters are real and they film their shows and whatnot because you go through the um, Nickelodeon studios. So you see kind of backstage of Universal, and there are all the cartoon characters walking around, you know, like, you go into the sound stages, and then you were in that show, it, it kind of took on more of a approach of, oh no, we film these cartoons here, and so you get to go through uh, the Rugrats, you go through Fairly Odd Parents, you go through uh, Spongebob at Bikini Bottom, and you see all of, you know, the, the big letter, big name characters that you would see from those shows as you chase Ublar. Um, and of course, at the very end, Carl gets Cosmo's wand and poofs up a bunch of llamas as he would be known to do. Um, and of course, another happy ending. And this version of the ride uh, lasted for about, I believe, seven years, seven or eight years. Uh, it closed in 2011. Um, and then from there, it of course became Despicable Me Minion Mayhem, which it still is today. And this version of the ride opened in uh, 2012. And it is actually in Universal Studios Hollywood, Japan, and uh, soon to be Singapore. So it is basically going to be in almost like every universal around the world because minions, man. Um, but in this version of the ride, it's of course the same, um, same ride system. But you go in and Gru is showing you how he is turning people into minions. And Margot, Edith, and Agnes say that um, they have a surprise for him. Uh, 
but because it's the anniversary of the day he adopted them, which sad eyes. Um, and they think he forgot because he like doesn't have time for them. So then they are training you to become minions. So when you go in, you are in your transformation pods, which are what turns you into a minion. There's a big minion ray and it zaps you and then no, you're a minion and you go through minion training, which as you go through, you end up in the restricted area. Um, and Gru saves you from the anti-gravity recycling room where you most certainly would have died because despicable me, haha, <laughs> death. And then he shows that he was actually working on a project to surprise the girls and it's a big like theme park with fireworks and everything. Um, and of course, happy ending, of course. And so that's what it still is now. Um, they actually took the 3D out of the ride, so now it's just a simulator. And my favorite part about the current iteration, Despicable Me, is that there are several nods to the uh, previous iterations, especially when you go into the anti-gravity recycling room. As you're floating around, you can see an anchor floating, which is a reference to Hanna-Barbera. And then you can also, for a split second, see Goddard, uh, Jimmy Newton's robot dog floating toward the bottom of the room, which <laughs> sad, but that's basically all there is to the despicable fan, fantastic Jimmy Nicktoon Barbera minion mayhem. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the monstrosity behind it. Hollywood rip ride rocket, which is a steel roller coaster. Um, obviously which let me tell you about this thing. It goes 167 feet in the air and you go up the lift completely on your back. It is 90 degrees. And this was a pretty crazy coaster because each seat has marine grade speakers in it that you get to select your own soundtrack. So you can listen to your own music when you, whenever you write it. Um, there's a large selection of songs. There's also a secret song list that you can put in for a bunch more options. And it takes a video of you as you ride, which means that you can purchase a video of you riding a roller coaster to the music that you chose, which is crazy. Um, but this attraction opened back in 2009. Uh, Universal made quite a big deal about it. They, were, they made a whole website about it. Um, it had a construction blog and they had a bunch of picture updates and everything. And so as they were constructing, they were kind of teasing that it was music and um, music video themed and all that. And it opened and it had um, mixed reviews because it was obviously such a big roller coaster, something that Universal really didn't have much of to that caliber. Um, and so it was well received as, um, as far as coasters go, but the, a lot of people also said that it was, um, rough, uh, and not well designed, which to each their own, you know, um, come on. But I mean, it's pretty nifty that you can ride a coaster and pick your own music to it. I think that's fun. Um, but this thing is crazy. As I said, it goes 167 feet in the air straight up. 
Um, it's almost 4,000 feet long, and it reaches the top speed of 65 miles an hour, which is, you know, a, it's a highway. You're on a highway. But one of the things I like most about this is all of the uh, crazy maneuvers that it takes, um, because since it is obviously music-themed, uh, a lot of the ways the train goes, a lot of the uh, bends are music-themed. Uh, so the the big loop, which is not a loop, it's called the double take, um, there's a jump cut, there's the treble clef, which is down over by um, Fallon, that part where it kind of like goes up and loops around. If you look at it, it makes the shape of a treble clef. And so it's kind of fun that the whole thing is music themed. Doesn't make sense to be in Universal Orlando where it's about making movies, or well, it was about making movies and now it is kind of up in the air. Not particularly, but I think it's a good addition for thrill seekers. I think it's um, a crowd pleaser because if you're looking for a big boy roller coaster, there she is. There's your big boy roller coaster. Um, you know, it's that's literally it. It, when it comes down to it, it doesn't really need to be themed to anything because people, if people are looking for a roller coaster, then a roller coaster is all they want. You know, the the theming and the the quirks, like the music and everything, that's kind of an addition, but they just want to ride a roller coaster. But besides that, there's not a whole lot to say. This ride opened and it has been pumping ever since. People, you know, they, they ride the roller coaster. They want the roller coaster and this is one along with um, Hulk and soon to be Velocicoaster that people are going to say, you know, oh, remember that coaster? So hopefully you guys maybe not didn't learn something, but maybe you heard something that kind of was like, oh, okay. I, oh, all right. Um, again, it's we're just very excited about this season. We're excited to bring you guys maybe some information that you don't know, um, maybe dive deep into things that we enjoy or that you guys enjoy. And we're just really, really excited about this season. So hopefully you guys stick around and we will start bringing you guys some crazy content again. Now I'll pass it on back over to Case. Hey everyone, it's Case again. I just wanted to give a little shout out here at the end to all you guys. Uh, thank you for listening. We're really excited to be doing this again. We've missed doing it a lot. Uh, we finally just kind of decided to say, screw it, we're going to make it work as best we can. Just COVID and everything with our lives has made things hard to get recording done, but we're making it work. We missed it so much that we just had to get back to it. So I hope you guys are as, are as excited as we are for Mouse and Globe University, our unofficial second season. We have a lot of cool new ideas and a lot of fun stuff that we're going to be doing. And I am really excited for you guys to hear what we have to say because we're deep diving even more than we have been on parks history and things like that. So get ready to learn. We're still deciding on a mascot for our institution, but I do think that the Fightin' Eisners is going to be a big hit. I think that's what we're going to go with. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and want to be updated about future episodes, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Mouse and Globe. Like us on Facebook or check out our website at mouseandglobe.com. Thanks for listening.